0: Uh, But tonight, uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to get to chat all things relationships uh, and really just uh, press into some wisdom from these amazing guys. But why don't you quickly just, uh, there might be some new people here, uh, just introduce yourselves, just simply give your name, uh, maybe a quick two-second thing about what you do here at church.
1: Hi, my name is Josh. Thank you. And I am the young adult's pastor here.
2: My name is Shekinah and I'm the young adult pastor here we're as well. Yeah. We're married too, we're married
3: too. Oh, kiss. Kiss on the mouth, do it.
2: <laughs>
3: um, my name's Nick, I am um, the worship director. Yeah. Come on. Yeah!
0: Put our hands together for these panellists, I told I you, like, cheer, it's been you two 30 didn't. seconds and they're already misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought tonight we'd start... Nick, Nick,
1: Nick Hickman said to me, I'll find the line and you can cross it, Josh. Oh, exactly. So, <laughs> so, and then she kind of can pull you both and then, back in And it. then she just hit us. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: You've got to watch it. You don't want to end up in the backyard tonight sleeping in the, in the doghouse. If you don't. I'm joking. No one sleeps in the backyard. In no, the, no. Healthy no
1: relationship.
0: Well, um, anyway, let's, uh, let's get stuck into these questions before we get radically off track. Uh, but I just wanted to start with a question. Um, that's what are meaningful relationships, which is what we're talking about tonight... And why are they important in a church community? So, what are meaningful relationships,
3: and why are they important? So, any of you can go first. Um, I would say, meaningful relationships are, are relationships where you can be vulnerable with each other. So fun, um, but like relationships where you actually, you know, on a Sunday, I would know most of you as a hi, how you doing, how's your week been? I'd probably know one thing about your life because I'm pretty clever. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, um, meaningful relationships are where you have coffee outside of church. And, um, but it's actually like talking about how life is and people that can hold you accountable for things, um, and people that can call you out on stuff and people that can encourage you um, when you're not doing so well. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah, I think we all need meaningful relationships in our life and doesn't matter whether you're extrovert introvert doesn't matter if um you love big parties or you like the smaller casual coffees we all need uh meaningful relationships and i think i think the meaningful relationships that are in my world they bring me encouragement they bring me strength they bring me support when i'm down um they bring support when they're happy moments, you know, meaningful relationships. I remember when we, when Abby was born, we had two weeks' worth of meals. That because of meaningful relationships and people supporting us. Um, and we all need that. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, God hasn't called us to do it alone. or And people can argue, oh, why go to church? You don't really need the church. Well, you do because... The church helps facilitate those meaningful relationships and uh, build such a support, support, uh, especially for my world, at least.
2: They pretty much said it both, but I'd say meaningful relationships, where you just do life together. You're in each other's world, you're there for the highs, you're there for the lows, you celebrate... You respect one another you honor one another you love one another you care for one another it's actually means something to you and they almost become family to me that's what a meaning relationship actually is
0: amazing i love all that i remember one scripture it says in the bible it says two are better than one for when one falls they have someone to help pick them up yes. and i know that there's been multiple times in my own life where I've had moments of low low times or high times and having someone there with me to either celebrate or pick me up is uh just vital yeah Uh, and i think that it's just such a, a necessary part for all of us in church to have those connections um the next question is how do meaningful relationships support your spiritual walk so how do meaningful relationships support you following god and uh all that happens in church
1: Yeah, I I think of that scripture, iron sharpens iron, and when you are gelling with someone in a meaningful way over spiritual things, there is, it does lift you up and it grows you spiritually. Um, I think some of my closest friends who aren't leaders in, in the church, but it's our conversations that vulnerability, that transparency in those conversations that they they come back and are like, I'll pray for you. Or, hey, maybe um, you're thinking about this wrong and maybe God's trying to do this. And I find that those, those meaningful relationships have made me a stronger Christian and uh, a stronger follower of Jesus. And even in times where I feel discouraged, they're like, no, keep pressing into God and don't lent up. So, um, I think those relationships really do, um, a good, healthy Christian relationships do really lift you spiritually, so.
2: And we can't see our blind spots. We all know our flaw, think we know our flaws. We all think we know our strengths. But I have those... no flaws. Oh, I can mention something, but I won't go there. Um, but those meaningful relationships, they kind of guide you and kind of just let you know oh, this is actually your weak point. This is the area you need to maybe just grow in. Or this is your strength. Like, why aren't you doing this? And they just encourage you. And I find just in your walk with God, they kind of go, oh, you know, I haven't seen you much at church. Maybe you should come along. They just pick you up when you're down. But then, like I said, when you're happy, they're, they're the ones cheering you up. And it's so important in the house of God because you can't just carry yourselves. They're the ones that carry and lift you up in moments of need.
3: Yeah, exactly what um, Pastor Josh and Shekinah have said. Um, like, for example, one t- like, And I think also, though, having someone who can call you out on stuff in your blind spots, but also sometimes validate it when at, your frustration is genuine. So I had coffee with someone recently, and I was like, oh, this, is, this thing frustrates me a lot. And they were like, yeah, that should frustrate you. Um, and they encouraged me to pray about it and talk to my leader about it so I didn't just stew on it and become, like, cranky. Um, but then also another time I was whinging to one of my mates, I was like 18 and I was whinging about a situation and he just straight up called me on my pride and he's like, you're being very, like he, his words were, how's that pride though? And like, I'm like, slapped me in the face, but it was, was it was, was Jackson Pierce. No, it was Burnsy, <laughs> um, but it was, it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed in the moment because yeah. I was so blinded to my pride in that moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, helps you it. notice things like that.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I love that friends uh and I think I think a key to that as well as the right friends letting them speak into your world you know their heart you know they love you Uh, you don't just want to let here there and everywhere every person to just speak into your world but having those close meaningful relationships Mm, gives that opposite that opportunity to have people speak into your world and another thing I love uh in terms of meaningful relationships in our spiritual walk is getting to share revelation uh like there's been so many conversations coffees I've had with people in this church where they've just talked about a scripture or something that they like heard from God. And it's like the lights go on in me. And it really just like each of us carry uh, such unique revelations about God's word, uh, about what he says to us. And and each of those are so valuable and we need those. And uh, it's such a disservice to ourselves if we don't connect with others and and let them share the revelations that they've had. I always think about Peter when he goes, behold, like Jesus, you are the, the son of God. And that was revealed to him not only was he blessed in that moment but all the other disciples were like oh wow he actually and the lights go on for everyone and uh we need relationships for for that kind of stuff but um this kind of transitions into the next question how can meaningful relationships actually sometimes harm our spiritual walk So, kind of going on the reverse a bit of a trickier question
3: yeah i think exactly what you're saying where you got to be a bit selective about who you let speak into your world um so and you can let someone speak in two world well on one thing, but not on another, you know. So, for example, there's people that I go for, um, for finance, absolutely. Yeah. I'll talk to you, I'll take your advice, I'll um, receive what you have to say. Yeah. But maybe when it comes to, like, um, self-discipline or family world or something, um, I actually don't want the fruit of what you've got in your life. Um, and that's okay, because... Like, like me there's probably stuff from me that you guys would be like wow that'd be awesome if Nick could like teach me about that and there's other stuff in my life that you'd look at and be like actually that's all good Nick can keep that one um, and, but like it's it, yeah it's being selective with yeah who you let speak into and being intentional about relationships where they're influencing you or you're influencing them because you don't need to let every single person influence you and in how you think
2: I think the only thing I would add is also, do they have the same beliefs as you? Like, you're not going to listen, especially when it comes to your spiritual walk. You're not going to listen to someone that doesn't believe in Jesus or have the same beliefs or understand actually why we do what we do. It doesn't mean they're a bad friend and we don't cut them off. We just don't let them speak into that area of our lives. So you go, okay, like what Nick was saying, what is their strengths? And hone into that.
0: Perfect. Well, yeah, I, I love that, and I think like it says, you you can tell a tree by its fruit uh, in the Bible. And so, like Nick was saying, if there's great fruit in someone's marriage, great fruit in someone's finances, great yeah. fruit in their health or their relationships, that's the kind of person you want to let really speak into your world and 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 groom that information from them. But also being cautious of letting, like we said, just anyone with potentially not so great fruit speak into our world but we still love them but um just being cautious of that and i love that same beliefs thing is so true
1: yeah and i think you know god has given us the holy spirit and and i in certain seasons it's like god has checked certain relationships in my heart and not because there were bad people. They, you know, they needed to be shut out, but because they just weren't healthy for the season that I was in. Yeah. And uh, I think it's important that if you are chasing meaningful relationships or you're wondering, are they healthy or unhealthy, is to really pray about them. It's like, are, is the, are, are these relationships good for me? Or God send me the right ones that will um, cause me to go further? And I think I think this is an important element too, and it, Nick's touched on it as well. A, a great, meaningful relationship is someone that's for you, but okay, but is not afraid to offend you because they love you. And I think I think a lot of people, particularly in my generation and the generation below us, is that people just are so easily offended, and with that offense, to shut people off. But sometimes that's what we all need to hear the tough conversation sometimes and it's it's powerful and it hurts and it's tough but makes a world of difference
0: totally i i I love that it you can't necessarily take uh love and truth and separate them yes and and you need friends that because they love you will tell you the truth Mm. uh, and don't just tolerate things just for the sake of being like oh i don't want to Offend them, and I love getting called out. To be honest, and if I if I find myself getting like triggered or whatever, I'm like, you know what, like that's a me problem, not them. They're they're actually trying to help me, and and uh, having that teachable heart is such a, a powerful thing in friendships. And maybe that's actually uh, one question that we could touch on. What's something you could do yourself to get the most out of meaningful friendships? So maybe you have someone you love, the fruit in their life, uh, you love, yeah, what what they're about but you want to position yourself as best as possible to learn from them. Uh, what's some practical thing that you could do?
3: Good question. Buy him coffee, <laughs> like, yeah, pretty, totally. yeah. Easy one is like, just go, Hey, um, and like, if you're wanting the fruit of their life, Um, don't expect them to chase you up about it. Like, don't go, hey, we should get coffee, and they're like, yeah, 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 and you never talk to them again, and then you're like, Pastor Josh never got back to me about coffee, Um, but actually, like, follow them up about it and chase them up about it. And if I want something from someone, like, if I want to learn something from someone, the onus is on me to chase them about it um, and to follow them up about it and to be borderline annoying until I get that coffee and I can pick their brain about stuff. Yeah, I love that.
0: I remember when I was trying to make a decision to... Uh, move to potentially move to Wollongong to do medicine. I remember being like, who's someone that I love who's in that kind of medical world, who follows God, who has a great family, all those things. And uh, you guys may know Deji Adu comes in the mornings. Uh, and I just remember having such an amazing coffee, sitting down with him. And I thought like I was sitting with Solomon because just the, the wisdom coming out of him. He's just, he's just brilliant. But you know, I love that in our church that we have multi-generational church. Like there's, I would encourage you if you're a young person in this place, Find some older people in here. When I say older, middle, whatever, you know what I mean. Um, And just learn from them. Uh, This week I went to a a connect group with um, some guys that are probably north of 10 years older than me, and it was the best thing for me. Like, I absolutely loved it uh, because they've just walked through things that I haven't yet, and uh, I would rather learn from their mistakes than make my own, and uh, I would encourage you to do the same. Um,
1: But, yeah. That's true. It's very true. Anything
0: else to add on that one? It's okay if not.
1: Yeah, I think when pursuing those relationships, they just require time. Um, Don't be too intense about it. Like Nick said, a casual coffee and see where it goes is really good. Um, You know, will you be a meaningful relationship to me? Um, It might be a little bit intense for some people. Um, but And I always... I always just carry a heart of honor and generosity with that. So if I'm pursuing that, I'd pay for the coffee. If I'm pursuing that, I would always just, um, you know, just honor them for the fruit that I do see in them. It's like, hey, I've noticed this in your life. Um, it's really inspiring and let that ask questions and yeah. That's great, yeah, great advice.
0: It's really good. Well, um, I thought we'd uh, slightly change gears and this is applicable to everyone not just those who are in the dating world Um, but we just want to transition a little bit into that kind of environment I know there's a lot of young adults in our church and even not so young adults that might be going through the dating season which is fine Um, but I thought I'd ask a a good question which is what are some good boundaries uh, that you should have in the dating season as a Christian? Don't have sex. (laughs) Very fair, very fair. Ironically, actually, there was a study recently. Uh, like, no, but not so much about don't have sex. Um, but there was a study recently. Um, it just This is just purely in a secular world about uh, the success in relationships long-term between those who live together before marriage uh, or who uh, remain separate until married and then live together. And it was actually quite significant, the difference between long-term, which is just amazing. I love when science just continues to prove... God's ways true. So anyway, um, what's some good boundaries?
1: <laughs> yeah. So some some good boundaries. First of all, I would just I would just ask yourself how ask yourself this reflective question of how strong are you? Um, depending when you depending on your history, um, whether you have cross sexual boundaries before or not will determine how vulnerable or tempted you are in the future. Um, So I would say you're always better to have stronger boundaries and not muck up than to have no boundaries muck up and then try and put boundaries in place. Um, For when Shekinah and I started dating, um, I was a youth pastor here and I just had such a fear. I just wanted to um, honour the people that I was leading, wanted to honour God, and wanted to honour Shekinah, that we did have um, stronger boundaries than, than what normal people, I would say, a normal dating couple would have. Um, some of them were, it's, it was just, you know, we had curfew. So, you know, after we said after 10 o'clock, um, temptation was a lot higher, so we would just call it at 10 o'clock. Um, we would make sure that we weren't, like, alone, home alone. We just, that was a rule. We made sure that bedroom door was always open. We made sure that, um, we just weren't in places where that temptation could come. And, yeah, and I think throughout our entire dating period, because of that, we didn't have to battle temptation. I think there was, there was just one moment probably when we were engaged and we were a couple of weeks out from marriage. You don't need to share too much. Um, uh... and, and literally I just said to, I said to Chicago, I was like, I'm going for a drive <laughs> and... And um, she go and she looked at me weird, but, um, you know, it was just... Fair. Cooling off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you put the Bible into practice. What does it say? Flee. Yes. From se- yes. sexual life. you yes. just got in the car and
1: yes. put that in practice. So that's some of our boundaries when we were dating.
0: Yeah. Well, Nick... Nick meant, oh, no, actually, she's got a good friend.
2: You literally did flee. And nothing <laughs> happened because he literally did flee. <laughs> it was out the door, didn't say goodbye, but it's all good. <laughs> but... I would say when setting those boundaries in a relationship, in the dating, make sure you and your partner are on the same page and find the why behind it because the why is going to make it easy to keep those boundaries. Why don't we want to cross those boundaries? Why do we want to set this? What do we actually believe? And when you set those, find the common page, it makes it a bit easy. And just one more tip, talk to your leader about it. Be accountable to someone. So when the, the boundaries kind of get a bit loosened, someone can pull you in and go, how are you going? Let's just check on that, maybe rein it a bit in.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, with the, with the blind spots, um, I, when Shekinah and I started dating, I spoke to Josh about our boundaries. Um, and it was good, because he's like, here's some blind spots that you're not seeing that I can see, <laughs> um, which was great. Um, because, yeah, um, I think also generally... I don't know, just as men or as young adults, we tend to think we've got better self-control than we do. Um, and so having someone else speak into that can help a lot. Um, but yeah, as, as Pastor John says, when setting your boundaries, it's like if, if slipping up's fallen off a cliff, um, or like there's a cliff face, um, it's a lot safer to play a hundred meters away from the cliff. The well. <laughs> devil didn't like that one. <laughs>
0: Jake, we'll just we'll just. I roll was say, with we that. just felt we'll the weight of the, yeah. Lord. The, way we'll the Lord. The weight of the Lord. We'll just snap the other on. side.
3: <laughs> keep going. That's awesome. Um, um, yeah, 100 meters up the cliff. It's safer to play 100 meters up the cliff, right, <laughs> away from the cliff, rather than on the edge. Because if you're on the edge and you slip, you're over. Whereas if you're 100 meters away and you slip, you're you're good. You're still safe. 100 percent.
0: 100 percent. I love that. It's true. Like you do you don't want to play close to the line and, yeah. and go from there that's just too funny too much but, um, anointing
3: on the couch we just yeah.
0: found
1: the line people
3: <laughs> yeah, that so. is
0: what happens to you when you play with the, uh, the yeah. boundaries. so but um, nah I would just uh, I just transition into this what's, what's one thing someone could do or just some practical advice if someone does feel like they haven't done the dating season well or they're not doing it well currently uh, and they need to have some of those conversations maybe with a partner about putting in boundaries and uh, really just making a change in their relationship if it's not going so well, or someone has had a bad relationship coming into a new season of dating and wants to do it right, what would
1: you say is some, is some advice? Sure. So to those not doing it right, and that, that might be a lifestyle choice or maybe you slipped up in your boundaries, yeah. I think the first thing I would like you to know is that you are still loved um, I think one of the, the traps of the enemy is when we fall short from God is to put shame and guilt on us. Yeah. And when we, when we feel shame and guilt, we tend to do what Adam did, which, which was go hide. Yeah. And, but I want to say that it doesn't matter. God still loves you. We still love you. Um, we're for you yeah. and, um not to run away and hide but to to face this thing straight head on um i love pastor trent Membrae. he he had a, a leaders we had took he took a bunch of guys out for uh, a lunch and one of the things that i love that he said is that too many christians try and manage their sin as opposed to confront their sin and i think i think when we start to spiral slip up in the wo- sexual temptation world, um, especially in the dating dating world, is uh, we try and go into manage it zone. And the reality is, is that you just got to confront it. And yeah, confronting it means confessing it to God, confessing it to leaders, and, and really getting wisdom how to navigate that season. Um, and, you know, I've had people... We've had people in our church move out of houses when they were in ungodly relationships or people that have done extreme things just to go, you know, what? I want to have a God-honoring relationship. And I can say this, every time I've seen people do that, I've seen God restore what was stolen or mucked up. I've seen God bless them for that and and then in hindsight when they go back it's like it was worth it it was worth it i've never seen someone do the dating thing right then get married and go oh that was that was totally not worth it no every time it's that was worth it i'm so glad we took that steps i'm so glad we embraced that pain and god's blessing us for that now so yeah
3: yeah exactly what josh said um yeah, I think one time Isaac, you said I was talking with you, and you're talking about how like with temptation and stuff, it's like the same the same devil that tempts you and leads you to sin. The moment you sin, turns around and goes, "You're such an idiot. Why would you do that?" Um, and it's like, yeah, the sneakiness of the devil where he get he leads you to a spot, and then the moment you do exactly what he's telling you to do, um, he condemns you for it and brings that guilt and shame. And so, yeah, just recognizing that and not coming under that. But then, yeah, just having the the tough, awkward conversations with parents and people and leaders and everyone and um yeah not shirking away from it but yeah hitting it head on
0: totally i think bringing things into the light is so significant coming to leaders and bringing those things into the open it just kills the power that it has when it's just sitting in the dark festering away and uh, i remember sienna and i we started dating when we both weren't following god and uh one of the greatest things that happened is about six months in, uh, I gave my heart back to God and then Sienna did not so long after. Mm. And that transition of doing a relationship the world's way into just having some difficult conversations and going the other way was just incredible. Like, probably took a good year to unravel and fix the six months of damage from the start, but the blessing that came on our relationship, I, I can guarantee by a uh, country mile there is no way we would be married today had we not made those decisions to... Stop doing certain things and start doing other things uh, and just really make some tough decisions. And uh, it was hard at first, but there's no way we'd be together today. So, uh, But, yeah, it's powerful. Um, Last question uh, for all of us It's just coming back to the Bible uh, and friendships. And it's what's uh, one example of a godly friendship in the Bible between two people that uh, you've really connected with or really learned from? Uh, So it might be David and Jonathan, might be uh, Joshua and Moses. There's many, uh, many friendships. But is there any that you guys can think of and and let us know why?
3: David and Jonathan. Um, I I love seeing that friendship in the Bible and Jonathan choosing to do, um, because if you don't, if you're not caught up on it, Jonathan was the son of the old king, the current king, and David's been anointed as the new king, um, which the old king's not stoked about. Um, but they're best friends. And Jonathan, time and time again, chooses to do what's right over, um, you know, what on paper he should do, if that makes sense. And he chooses to support David and love his friend. Um, and something that breaks my heart a bit about it is, like, at the end of his life, Jonathan chooses to stay with his dad and he dies in battle. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I often wonder if, da- if Jonathan hadn't made that decision and he had stuck with David um, and he was by David's side as David was the king... Um, would the whole Bathsheba situation be different? If David had a friend there going, hey, mate, it's time to go to war, we're not staying home, um, and someone to call him out on his stuff and be close enough to have that conversation That's with him. That's a great thought. That's awesome.
2: Mine's a bit of a different one. I would say Ruth and Naomi. So yeah, great. So we all sometimes think our meaningful friendship needs to be the same age, but God has those friendships for us, and sometimes they're not our age they're either older or younger than us and if you don't know um, Nomi is Ruth's mother-in-law and so she built this um, friendship with her mother-in-law and it shows us that they supported each other in every season they were family and to me that's what meaningful relationship is we're there for each other we're supporting we are family and it doesn't matter what the age is god places people in our world yeah. for a reason yeah
0: i love i love how um ruth was just so ruthless without no pun intended uh, in just <laughs> in just clinging to naomi like she recognized the blessing of god on naomi's life she recognized her relationship with god and just refused to leave her uh, and just stayed close to her and uh, for many of you that may not know ruth went from being a, a mobite, i believe kind of not from god's people and ended up being in the lineage of jesus himself so it's just crazy but
1: but uh, any from you Pastor josh yeah i love um daniel and i always muck up their names but shadrach meshach Shemeshach and abednego, and abednego. Ones. um but three men that walked with daniel stood with daniel to the point of death yeah. and yeah, God, God delivered them from that moment and did some amazing things, but they didn't know that. <laughs> and yet they stood with Daniel. And I think we all need brothers or sisters like that, that would stand with us even facing death and encourage us and support us. And they're hard to find, but when you do find them, amazing.
0: So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think um, there's just been some really powerful things shared tonight. And uh, I hope all of you have taken something away from some of these answers and so much wisdom in the room. And uh, I just love doing life, honestly, with you guys and uh, having relationships with you. And I know there's so many friendships I've had in this church uh, that have just blessed me so greatly and same with you guys. And so if you're new here, I just want to encourage you to, Uh, something practical you can do out of here today is we have these things called connect groups uh, and they're just church on a smaller scale a place where you can come meet people uh, get uh, coffee have uh, close intimate conversations and they're the kind of zones where you can really find these kinds of friends that we're talking about today so that could be one practical thing you could do out of uh, today the other thing is just keep showing up to church, keep having chats with people before and after church and just look for those friendships and you'll know when you find one because uh, things just gel, it clicks uh, and, and amazing things can happen. But can we just put our hands together for our panelists tonight as they go and sit down.